Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hey there, Rockstar SLP. So today we're going to be talking about five tips to make ESY. A little more fun, a little bit more successful, right? Because ESY services are extended school year services. We also know it as summer school. And most of you out there, if you have decided to do ESY, it's because you need the money, right? <laughs> I mean, some of you guys may really love it, um, but most people want to, you know, pay off some debt. They want to make an extra paycheck to just have that cushion, or they have some work projects or a shopping spree that they want to do, and they want to make a little extra cash over the summer months when they're not working. But you've been working all year. You're a little burnt out. And, and it's, there's probably a little sense of dread for some of you that are like, oh, I have to work ESY services. And, and you're not really feeling it. I mean, I worked ESY many, many years ago before I really started my website and my blog. Um, and really, you know, this is now my summer school. <laughs> This is what I do in the summer months is I prep stuff to help support SLPs. But back in the day, I did do ESY services. And thankfully, um, I was able to find other SLPs that wanted to do it with me. So we were able to break up the day uh, or the days during the week. So there was, you know, I did two days, they did two days. And it was a great experience in that way. I was able to make a little extra cash and not feel like I was just giving away my summer and then I could come home and it was only like four hours a day. And I will say that when I was doing ESY services, there wasn't really any direction. I mean, when I asked the administration, hey, what do we, what do you want me to do? They just were basically like, see the kids, see the kids. And, and that can be exciting or it can be completely overwhelming, whatever style personality you have. You know, some people really do want some direction. And so what I discovered after doing it a few times was there's some tips here that I could share with you so that you can have a great experience. So you can feel like you, you did a good job, but then you can leave and go home and enjoy your summer break. So let's jump into tip number one. Tip number one is try something new. Let me just tell you that ESY, the vibe of ESY services is chill, okay? The staff is a lot more chill. You're going to feel a lot more chill because this is a time for your students to maintain their skills. We aren't necessarily focusing on making big leaps and bounds in progress. Now, if a student is making progress from coming to summer school, Amazing, right? We, that, it's not that we don't want that as a goal, but the real ultimate goal of ESY is maintenance, to maintain the skills that they have attained all year long. So there is a sigh of relief, I think, on all spectrums um, that 
you know, okay, I can relax a little bit. I think a lot of times during the school year, we're just so focused and worried about our students making progress that we we kind of lose the fun of therapy. And I would say teachers, you know, they're under pressure too. Their kids have to, we want them to perform. We want them to make progress. We want them to work hard. And so summer school, I don't know what it is. I think, you know, everyone's just kind of like, okay, it's chill. So this is a perfect time for you to try something new that you have been wanting to do all year, but you haven't had the time, the creativity, the, you know, the energy to, to think clearly about it, or you've been scared. You've been scared to do it. And one of the things that I would do if I was working ESY is do co-teaching. If you've been on the fence about co-teaching, that's when you go into the classroom and you co-teach with the other teacher um, and the aides. I would try it now because you're going to have staff that's going to be a little bit more open to trying something, you know, outside the box of their comfort zone as well, because it's summer school and they're, and they're like, okay. Um, and so you can, you know, you can approach the staff and say, Hey, I really would like to try to come in and do a whole class lesson, but, um, I would like to set up the roles. We want to engineer the classroom and summer school so that you guys can work on communication all day, every day. And so this gives me an opportunity to come alongside you and and work and see how you run your classroom and help support the students in their natural environment. And then you can also get the way I set up co-teaching for most of my lessons is not me teaching in front of the class and everybody watch me. Um, I will link in the show notes how I set up my push in lessons so that you can see how it is because I saw I used to do that. And I knew there were roadblocks of feeling like I wasn't getting enough repetition in. Some kids weren't engaged or paying attention. So I restructured how I set things up. And so we do a little bit of time at the carpet or kids at their desks. And then we break up into stations and all the adults in the room are working a station. And you can either plan the lessons with the teacher, the station activities, but I bet you will get more buy-in if you do this, if you say, hey, if you're open to this, I, you know, if you want to help plan stuff, great. But if you just want me to come in and have everything ready to go, I will plan everything. I just need your staff and you to be participating in the different stations with me so that we can make this work. Because basically every teacher, every adult in the room is either running a station or is a floater so that if, you know, a student needs a sensory break or someone needs some assistance, they're available. And that has helped change. It's changed everything when I look at co-teaching. It's powerful. The kids are engaged. Opportunities increase. The staff are getting opportunities to participate. They like it. So if I'm going to put a link in the show notes for how to set up the push-in lessons, but this is the time to try these things out, to see what works and what doesn't work in a place and a time when you're feeling, you know, a little bit more relaxed because it is a little scary. Um, and so if you're kind of like, please, that's great that you're planning all these lessons, but I don't have time or energy to do that. I'll tell you some good news is that I have an ESY push-in themed language lesson plan guide that has all the activities ready to go, a parent newsletter, 
Google slide presentation, all the station activities with cheat sheets for the staff, um, book recommendations, song movement breaks, everything you need to rock ESY. And so that when you go in there, you're going to be confident and ready to kick some tail and the teachers are going to go, whoa, this lady knows or this guy knows what he's he or she's doing. <laughs> So I will link that in the show notes if you're like, yes, I need that. I want that because I just want to have everything ready and and to go and I don't want to spend time searching for it. Um, grab the ESY push-in bundle. There's ocean, camping, summer, ice cream, and a beach theme. So you have everything you need for ESY. So that's my first tip of trying something new, like something that you've been a little scared about or something that you're like, I don't know if I would like to do this. So that might even mean doing a craft, trying a craft with your groups and see what happens. Um, maybe go outside and get wet, use some water and see what happens with your therapy, with the reactions of your students. What did, what worked, what didn't work? Get outside. I have a free uh, I spy um, noun functions that you could tailor. You could put items outside that match up with the noun functions because it is around the house. Um, but it comes with a parent newsletter, you know, and so you could take items that you have, like I spy something you use to cut, and you could put scissors in the grass and different toys, you know, different things outside, and the kids have to go around and look for an I spy. Or you could do a nature walk. You could do a nature walk or you could do bubbles outside. So, you know, do something a little bit different. Make a sensory bin, make a sensory bin or do a hands-on activity like a, like a cooking lesson. Um, my friend Christine uh, from Live Love Speech has come on the podcast and talked about how she has done push-in with cooking. And I will link to that episode in the show notes. It's episode 34 of the Real Talk SLP podcast. And it's a great, it's a great model. She shares so much about how to get started with that. And so if you're kind of like, oh, I really want to try sensory bins. I've seen these on Instagram. You actually are going to have an opportunity to come to a webinar on June 21st with me. Um, we're in the planning stages. So stay tuned uh, because you can come get come to this webinar and get everything you need to know about how to make a sensory bin, like what kind of bin to use, what kind of fillers, all the things that I have just uh, learned along the way with making sensory bins. I'm going to streamline that process so you can make better, quicker decisions on how, what you want to put in your sensory bin for your students. So, you know, basically what did I say? Try something new, try something new, try uh, something that you're kind of like, I, I want to see how this goes and see if it's something you love, love or hate. <laughs> and if you hate it, don't do it again. Um, all right. And so tip number two, plan by themes to cover your younger and older students. I talk a lot about this. Um, and this is how, you know, my themed therapy SLP membership is designed. You get two monthly themed units that cover your preschool to fifth grade caseload so that you have materials to cover everything 
about beaches or everything about camping. And this way, you know, it streamlines your planning. It helps you to make more efficient decisions for what you're, what book you're going to pick, what activity you're going to do, or, oh, I have this article. How could I use this to cover articulation, speech fluency goals, comprehension, and vocabulary? How could I cover all those goals with with this one beach nonfiction YouTube video or, or passage? And so that is the best way to plan um, because you can, you can cover a lot more goals. And if you're interested in themed therapy, but you're like, I don't know where to start. Um, I have a lot of podcast episodes on that as well (laughs) and blog posts. And you can just follow me also on Instagram at the dabbling speechy and DM me anytime. And I will direct you with things that you need. I'm in the process of trying to figure out a way to give recommendations so that if someone wants to get started with themed therapy, they definitely can. But there are, there are about four episodes on the Real Talk SLP podcast that I will link into the show notes um, that talk all about how to use a theme, how to adapt a theme, how to use it longer than a week, all those good things. But this is this is the way to go. This is how you can maximize your planning time. If you make a themed sensory bin, you want it to be a bin that you're going to use for a lot of different goals. If you're using a book, how can you use that book to cover everybody's goals? That's, that's my tip. Plan by themes. Tip two is plan by themes. And you can even talk with the teachers to see if they're doing any themes in their classrooms over the summer. And then plan a lesson around that theme. Um, tip number three. This, this piggybacks off of theme, the themed tip. Pick books in your theme that you can use to cover younger and older students. A lot of times what I do is I will pick two books per grade level, uh, pre-K to first, second, third, fourth, fifth. So I have little buckets of books that would go for different grade levels. Now, of course, you can interchange them and, and use them. You know, you could use a second grade book with a fifth grade group, but you know your caseload, you know your students and what would feel age appropriate and what would feel like... I can't believe she just brought that book out. Um, And so you want to have a a variety of books that you can use. You can even do that with Get Epic or use YouTube read alouds, but you want a variety of books so that you can still cover the theme, but make it appropriate for the goals that you have in front of you. For example, I have the book Beach Day by Karen Rusa. And I love this book. It's it's very poetic um, in nature. There's not a lot of uh, text. It's not a story, you know, narrative, ele- you know, story element type of book. But the pictures have so much stuff going on that I can cover grammar, vocabulary. I can expand background knowledge about about going to the beach. And there's a lot of good vocabulary within the poetic text. So that is a book that I would pick if I have a lot of students with language goals. Whereas I might pick Jabari Jumps by Gia Cornwall to work on story narration and comprehension and building the background knowledge of going to the pool and and being scared and taking swimming lessons, you know. So 
those are the, you know, you want to have a variety so you can pick them off the shelf and it keeps things a little bit more fun for you. You're not just reading when a dragon moves in group after group after group after group. And then by the end of it, you're like, I never want to see this book again. We don't want that because that's a really good book, right? (laughs) All right. Tip number four, set a time when you will leave and when you will arrive. Because remember guys, this is this is your summer break. You want to work your obligated time, but you don't want to spend tons and tons of time uh, doing that. So if you are going to come in 30 minutes or 20 minutes before the bell, and you're going to leave 15 minutes after the bell, hold yourself to that. And if the things that you wanted to do aren't ready to go, you do simple, you keep it simple um, and you leave. And, and so this is also a good way to know, you know, okay, when I get in, this is what I need to do. And when I, before I leave, I got to check off who I saw and write notes. So you want to figure out when you're going to come in, when you're going to leave and how you're going to get all the things that you need to get done during that time. If you have to write therapy notes for every kid, you need to block that out in your schedule when you're going to do it and do it so you can leave. Um, if, if you don't have a ton of time to prep stuff, then maybe, you know, you do something super, super simple. That's why I'm a big, one of my big tips was have themed books because themed books, you can always pull off the shelf with no prep, no prep. Okay. Um, and you know, this is like a little tiny bonus tip too. If you are able to negotiate your ESY pay, I would ask, I would try, I would try to get a higher pay because if they can't find anybody in the district, most likely they're going to contract that and and possibly pay a larger fee. So, you know, set your time that you're going to work, value your time. And also, you know, maybe try to get a higher pay, pay wage. I never did that. But now if I was to do summer school, I, (laughs) I would definitely ask. Um, and see what they say. They, I mean, the worst they could say is no. All right. And tip number five, keep things easy when you can. And, and, and this is like one of those things that it's what is easy for you in your situation. Like I said, ESY is a time where you're probably feeling more relaxed. So if going to the store and prepping a little bit to make a sensory bin because it's something that is a creative outlet for you. I don't consider that hard work. But if you're sitting here going, why am I prepping all this stuff? How much time am I spending on this? Then that, and you're annoyed by it, then don't do it. Keep things easy. Keep things easy and simple. This isn't the, you know, if you're not in the mood to try a bunch of crazy things, you know, don't overcomplicate it. And like I said, when I said try something new, it means maybe try a craft once, one time during ESY, not every week. You don't have to do a craft every week unless you see after doing it that first week, you're like, hey, you know what? This is kind of worth the little extra prep. I can prep when the kids are all at recess. I can prep then um, and get it all prepped. And maybe I can ask a staff member, one of the aides, if they can help with cutting out some things because the kids loved the craft so much that it made therapy more engaging. And we still were able to practice our goals that I want to keep doing it. Right. But if it's something that you're just like, you know what, I don't want to do that. Keep it easy. And one of those ways that you can keep it easy is 
you can use, you know, use your low prep stuff that, don't, that, that you have on hand. Um, a lot of times when I'm trying to keep it easy, but without losing engagement, I will either pull out a themed toy and try to maximize that toy with as many goals as I can. Or I will look for uh, cool things like Kahoot, Bamboozle that go with my theme, or I will use YouTube videos to cover a variety of goals. Now, if you are looking for some summer themed YouTube videos, you don't have to look anymore because I have a free summer themed Google slide for you that has all the videos for book read alouds, songs, you know, nonfiction, language videos, and wordless shorts so that they're all organized on one Google slide so you can find the videos you need uh, without stressing out. So go to the show notes and make sure you download that free summer Google slide. Now, I asked my Facebook group that I run with Hallie Sherman from Speech Time Fun, it's Functional Speech Therapy Ideas for School SLPs. So I will put a, sh- a link to that if you want to join. But I asked SLPs, you know, what do you do to prepare for ESY? Or what do you, you know, what do you do when, when you're doing ESY? And one SLP, a lot of SLPs, by the way, confirmed that themed therapy is the way to go. So I was like, because that's what I was going to recommend. And and they verified that, yes, this is a good way to go. So I'm not the only one doing themed therapy out there. Um, and this one SLP reminded me that this is a, of this strategy and it's really, really efficient and powerful. You definitely want to set this up with the teacher ahead of time so they know why you're going in there, what you will be working on, because you don't want to just go into the classroom and start doing whatever activity they're doing um, without really establishing roles with the teacher, because then they are going to think that you are not really doing therapy. They're going to think you're just like an aide or you're just coming in and, you know, winging it. So, and not, you know, so you want to really make sure they understand why you want to come in there and why it's evidence-based practice or why this is really a great time for me to work on goals because I can get a lot of natural opportunities during snack time and they're motivated by that. Um, Or during recess or during um, free choice time or during the circles time. So really tell your teachers why you're coming in there because that builds trust and they understand why you're coming in there. Um, So you can go in during snack or free choice activity time, or, you know, maybe the teacher's doing a a unique lesson and you're like, wow, this is a great lesson. I want to come in and I'm going to ask the teacher if maybe I can work with a group of students and help support the teacher during that time. This means that you don't really need to prep anything other than maybe having some visual supports or making sure that the AAC devices is ready to go. Um, But you can just go in and help support your students with whatever they are doing, which is really a great strategy and and you'll get a lot of great opportunities there. And so those are my five tips. If you have some tips for working ESY, uh, feel free to email me at feliceclark at thedabblingspeechy.com or reach out on social media because I'm going to be doing a blog post with all the best tips and I would love to hear what you have to say about that. All right. So just a real quick recap. Tip number one, try something new. 
And then tip number two, plan by themes to cover your younger and older students. Tip three is to pick books in your theme that can cover a wide range of skills and goals. Tip number four, respect your time. Know when you're going to come in and when you're going to leave and follow it. I'm going to be watching you. You better leave. (laughs) I'm kidding, but I'm not. Leave on time. (laughs) You have summer things to go do. And tip number five, keep things easy when you can. So I hope this was helpful, SLPs. Don't forget to be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Stay inspired, and I will talk with you next week. Bye. Uh-huh.